Hello and welcome to the 18th consecutive episode of the Sunday Roast. Tonight it's the special <clears throat> Father's Day edition. And because a certain roaster is so disgusted by being a father that he's physically ill today, too ill to pod, I've taken over the ABW controls. I brought in a mate of mine who you should all enjoy. We'll reveal his identity soon, but get your random topics, your questions, your tangents ready, because we're ready to chat shit about absolute nonsense, because it is the Sunday Roast. Welcome to the... The Sunday Roast with Mike and Danny. This is Danny, and this is Mike, and we're kind of strange. We're in the tub, and we drink a lot. At least one of us does. This is not Mike's body, but that is Danny's, and that's really gross. Thanks for watching the Sunday Roast. We love our fans. And here's Danny's mom. His name's Michael. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he's a Jew. You can tell he's a Jew. Look Ask at him. him who's his daddy. Magical moment. I can almost taste Danny. <laughs> it's so close, I can almost taste him. Whoa. And now, the moment you've been waiting for, it's the Sunday Roast with your hosts, Magic Mike and Danny the GFP. Sorry, not as advertised. No Danny the GFP, but we have another bald guy, not as much facial hair here, um, and, uh, and so... We are introducing tonight because my beloved life partner, Daniel Von Sweetman, is incapacitated this evening. So making his ABW and Sunday debut, uh, Sunday Roast debut, is a guy I've known for about five or six years. He's usually by my side uh, picking me up off the ground when I'm gallivanting around Europe, following the arsenal. And the guy loves to talk and talk and talk about nothing in particular, which makes him a perfect candidate for a uh, for appearance on the show. Welcome, Tom Rosenhammer, to the Sunday Roast. Thank you very much, Mike. It's yeah, it's me and four other people that are typically trying to help you up. But <laughs> yeah, does, you're, you're not. Built. I am typically nearest. Yeah, so I kind of look around and go, "Oh, f me!" It's up to me now. Well, happy well, thank uh, you. Happy Father's Day! Happy Juneteenth! Happy I know, I know Juneteenth is a massive day for you. Yeah, I. Uh, it's kind of funny because my daughter was just asking me about that, saying that some people say we're not supposed to talk about that, and. I thought I was going to get a day off of work tomorrow, but I'm going in. I know some people are off tomorrow. I mean, hell, I they could be happy and grown toenail day as long as I get a day off. But I'm going in, man. And um, I saw some people earlier, especially on the uh, Baltimore Orioles social media, were mad that Juneteenth was announced today because it's Father's Day and whatever. I guess anytime you have overlapping holidays, people feel like one comes at the cost of another. And I'm thinking there's got to be a, a holiday or something to celebrate of every day of the year. So what difference does it make? Can we well, do both? Yeah. If you're complaining that Juneteenth falls on, on uh, Father's Day, you, you got it all wrong. Because Juneteenth is on a particular day of the year. That's June 19th. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and Father's Day is just gets that third Sunday of the month thing. So. All right, so tonight we're going to be, as usual, looking for your uh, for your topics. You can put them in the chat now. 
If you want us to talk about any kind of common, whatever it is, social media trends, because we're so hip as our 40, you know, as, as 49 year olds, uh, 48 in Tom's case, um, you know, we can talk about anything that you want. So current events, politics, music, pop culture, just uh, not string, cryptocurrency or TikTok. string theory of particle physics. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've prepared a dossier on that. Um, <laughs> you know, even, you know, if you want us to talk about sex, I mean, you've got the two most world renowned sex experts in the house tonight. We have been with Dr. Ruth uh, after uh, sporting Lisbon away. So, uh, so, uh, so, so that Phil Mackett is not, uh, is not uncomfortable. I've put myself on the right and, uh, and then also fuck you. Uh, (laughs) Mark is asking if, if Tom was in the bat in the band REM. Uh, He is, he does look like he's in the corner and I see the Michael Stipe thing, except you look slightly more healthy than he is, even though you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I actually uh, like to eat, unlike Michael Stipe, who I think only likes to eat prescription drugs and diet water. Uh, <laughs> diet water. Yeah. That guy, I can't remember. Somebody quit in REM. I mean, I'm not really a big REM fan, sorry. They're one of those bands that I acknowledge that they're great, but if they come on and people like really start going off, like, oh, that's such a great song, and going, that ah, just doesn't do it for me, man. So so quick, this, this will give a kind of a clue about how the show goes. Mm. Quick, Quick chat survey. Lift your shirt up a little bit, Tom, so we can see what you're wearing. All right. Now, Tom is a gooner. I know he's a gooner through and through. But, you know, I, I bought an Oasis CD before I realized that that essentially they they are Manchester City. And now it's it's my theory that if you like Oasis, then you're not a proper gooner. I mean, you just can't. Um, so I, I don't understand why you can only like you can only like the shirt. sex pistols or the who or Dido. that shirt you wearing that shirt helped them to sign uh erling holland um and and there's no two ways about it so if you're in the chat can you like oasis and arsenal at the same time i'm pretty sure i'm in the minority on that as i am in in, in many things but uh but let us know um shout out to people in the chat so far we've got mjl who was the first one in here moss is in here phil macca mark McCreden is in here. Uh, Somebody earlier asked if my last name was Irish, and yes, yes, it is. I'm of the uh, County let's Cork hear, Rosenhammers. Let, let, let's hear you say Rosenhammer in your in your best Irish German accent. Irish German accent. Uh, Rosenhammer. I don't know. I can't do Irish. <laughs> Hammer. How would how would how would Owen say it? Hammer. Like that. I don't know. I think he we say. will never. We will never find out. Uh, Loki's in the house. FTL Gooner's in the house. Melvin, nice to see you. Happy Father's Day, uh, and uh, and and uh, and all the all the usual roasties, which we have just completely ripped away from from the Highbury squad and their squaddies. We have roasties, and we're not going to make any apologies for it. In fact, I I already did apologize to to, to Sophie for that. So um, while we're waiting on some topics for you uh, from you. Let's talk a little bit about Arsenal. I mean, uh, the big news of the week, the big news of the last couple of days is that apparently we can't re-sign a player without a transfer fee and give him a number that's like normal to use for a guy that's going to be a forward without people going absolutely insane. (laughs) Now, I don't know exactly where you stand on this, so let's find out. Um, Have we just completely thrown away 140 years of, of, of history of history and tradition by giving the guy a shirt that was most recently worn by 
a guy who couldn't show up on time for the Derby, and before that, a guy who uh, scored a hundred of the least impactful goals, other than maybe one in the FA Cup I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I think the easy answer is we gave ten to Gallas years ago, so we ruined the legacy of what numbers are and who they should be reserved for with that. So that kind of opened the door. I think B. If that's what it takes, this may be revealed when that Amazon series starts, I think in August, if honestly, if they said Eddie wouldn't sign unless we gave him the 14, give him the 14. Do you believe that? Who cares? I mean, this is me making that up. Right. I, I'm making it. I think why I think he wanted the 14 is that he was 14 when he started at Arsenal because we got him from Chelsea. And then finally, why is 14 important? Henri wanted it because, uh, not Jordy Croy, that was his son, but Johan Croy for 14. And seriously, Croy was, okay, yeah, he's a guy that made Barca who they are and greatest Dutch player of all time, et cetera. But that is why. It's not like it's Michael Jordan or somebody. So I, if he gets to 14, so be it. I mean, who else are we going to give it to? Honestly, is there anyone in the squad that's deserving of it? Is it supposed to sit there in a glass case, like a Batman helmet or something? Yeah, I mean the the the. I understand Thierry Henry. Like like like, believe me, I understand yeah. how valuable he was. But it's not the fourteen at Arsenal is not exactly in the same. I wouldn't put it in the same classification as the seven at Manchester United, right? Or for England, or you know, certain other other shirts at Barcelona. I mean, yeah. look, it, it's it's not. A shirt that I mean, the seven at Arsenal is more. I mean, when you look at who's worn the seven at Arsenal, David Rocas, like Liam Brady, um, Alexis, you know, Alexis Rosicky. I mean, I mean that you know. Look, yeah. you're not always good. You're not going to get winners every single time, right? Uh, but uh, you know, although I, Alexis, Alexis was a winner. I mean, to his faults with the 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 dogs and and the other stuff he got up to. But... Dogs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I I agree. He was a winner when he won. Yeah, and then, and then he is. Say, for instance, our squad always plays down to people's levels. Yeah, Alexis was a guy who was a nine every time he went out there was effort. You could rarely say he was bad. I mean, yeah, he would give the ball away and miss, but I mean, he was always, always, always dangerous. Whereas some of our guys, you know, Odegaard or Eddie, even Eddie, he's probably the worst. Sometimes, like you watch Eddie for twenty minutes, sometimes, and just know he's not going to have it tonight. It's not coming, and it's it's uh it's very easy to tell sometimes with him. So, yeah, I because I think a lot of Americans don't understand because they say stuff like they should retire their number in England. They don't retire numbers. That's that's an American tradition. Yeah, and someone no, you don't retire numbers. Gonna, so 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 yeah. there's this thing where I guess you should only give it out to people who, I, I I mean so 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 essentially we can only give the fourteen to somebody now, if to reward them for their past. Yeah. successes is that is that what is that what we're here like, like you can only give it to sign... them you can only give it to people when when instagram commenters that say sign some players when they give the approval then it's okay that's yeah. that's because honestly man i mean you know my all-time entitled firm is, yeah my all-time favorite player is tony adams and since then the six has gone to what kozielny i was okay with that was, yeah that was not good because uh, <laughs> He center Rosses the ball. That was pretty much, yeah, he bounced it off his head or he would hoof it up. He doesn't really have any talent. And now it's like Gabrielle wears the six, and I'm perfectly fine with Gabrielle wearing the six. He's an excellent defender. Look, in, in a in a sport where where the traditional numbers are one through 11, now, now baseball, 
you know, the New York Yankees have almost every, I mean, I don't even know how number two is available for Derek Jeter, but it's not available to anybody else anymore. They've retired yeah. all their single digit numbers pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, it is more common to see twenties, thirties, forties, fifties from, from top, top players yeah. in American sports in, in football. It's, it, it's not. So I just think, you know, and, yeah. and, and Norpon says we're missing the point. I, I welcome you to tell us what the point should be. Um, I, I do understand that Eddie Nketiah is an underwhelming successor to Thierry Henry. If that is how you're going to look at it, I would just urge people to, to maybe not look at it so seriously as to the number 14. I mean, it, you know, he could go next season and score 18 goals. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just don't know. And, and ultimately, you know, there's not going to be another Thierry Henry. He's not walking through this door anytime soon. Um, although he does walk through the door at Arsenal a lot, but not to not to actually. And, play. The, clo- and the closest thing to Thierry Henry is just resigned for PSG, and will probably sign to Real Madrid in five years for a sum that is worth more than yeah. the greater domestic product of fifty percent of the countries on earth. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, I just. I just think we need to get over it a little bit. Now, if you don't like the fact that we signed Enniketia again, that we re-signed him, no transfer fee, probably a little bit higher wages than you would think he's earned so far, um, that's debatable. But this whole yeah. thing about the 14 is just, I mean, it's just come, yeah. come off it a little bit. He well, should be some of our fans bench. are going to complain about anything. They wake he should up be the on the bench. And... He will be on the bench, except for yeah. probably some, you know, Europa League games. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he is not Arsenal's number one striker. He, he is at the moment, when you look at our current under contract right. players, he's our number one. But that's not good. Yeah. If you think that we're going to start the season that way, I'm sorry. You're, you're, uh, we need players like him for League Cup, Europa, and also sometimes if it's 82nd minute and we're up by three and you just need a guy to see out the game that's going to press their side, then. Yeah, that's the guy. And as other people have stated before, to get someone that is a third-choice striker with his level of experience, he's got a lot of league experience, he's played for other teams, he's aware of what it takes to play in England, what the conditions are, what it's like to be in hostile territory. The guy's played for Leeds. So, yeah, he's – we'd be hard-pressed to find a better option because right now I think it's plain as day that Balogun is not ready. He had pretty much a mediocre at best season at Middlesbrough. I think a lot of us were hoping that he would score about 10 goals, you know, light it up. But uh, the one Middlesbrough guy that goes to my local, ding, uh, yeah, said that he really hasn't made his – he hasn't made a name for himself. And you kind of hope that someone with Arsenal's background, pedigree, and, I mean, we're talking about a guy that led the line Brentford away opening match last year that here's a guy that would do well in Middlesbrough, and he really hasn't, so – we want to go on football. Yeah, what to do about someone like Balogun? Probably just put him on loan again. Really? Well, I I, I would, or or just you know have him play Europa League games and and or or League Cup games. I mean, and Arnie uh, from Iceland says fourteen is just a number. Last time Henri uh, Henri played yep. for us, when he was number twelve. That's true. I mean, he, it, you know, we all we all know why that was. I mean, for a loan spell, he wasn't going to unseat Theo Walcott wearing the fourteen. Um, oh, yeah. Even though I think he might, in hindsight, I think we might have been okay with that. Um, but the best idea from all, of all comes from Mark, who who says we should give him the thirteen point nine seven. 
so that you know it's the 14 you know it, it's 13 until he's 14 that's how it works but yeah yeah, yeah. It, uh but it's it, it rounds up to 14 but it's just not quite 14 i think uh i think that would be a, probably a good idea um mark mccrenton says champagne mike what are we celebrating it's father's day um and and my family even though neither one of my two kids are here one's gallivanting in santorini today and coming home nice. to london uh right now she's at the airport the other is at work so uh so my kids don't give a shit about me but um but my family my wife and my my in-laws uh we had a nice afternoon and, and brunch and um you know it's a champagne kind of sunday and because tomorrow's a holiday it doesn't matter i can do this um not that i wouldn't oh, it wasn't a holiday so uh, so yeah let's name all the people that, that eddie is better than just, just <laughs> The contribution he's made in the last five or six games of the season, and, and that might be a Joe Willock purple patch, or <laughs> the beginning of something where his confidence is, you know, to to be able to finish goals and be a valuable, probably second striker. But uh, we'll find out. But he's better than Park Chi Young. He's better. I, I would say he's better than Chamak. That's a tough one. Ooh, because yeah, wasn't Chamak score some goals four in the league? Yeah, I just took a four four two magazine has quizzes every month. And the one I looked at most recently, it had his picture on there. And, and typically out of 20 questions, I only get about three or four. And this one was his picture. And it said he came for what club? Bordeaux. Bordeaux. And, and then I'm pretty sure that he was leading he scores. For Bordeaux. For he said yeah. more than you know. And he, was, and, he, and he was actually decent because RVP was out with an injury. And then we brought in RVP. And then it was just one of those head case things where his confidence was shot. And he never regained his confidence. And I think he wound up at Palace. And yeah, well, yeah, hair, we played at Palace, and that was a disaster. And now, and I, then, it, and then his hair started falling out, and he started like putting this product in it. And I famously said that it looks like he's got placental fluid in his hair. Like he looks, he looks like a newborn when they go. Well, apparently, placental. when you rub that shit on anything, it makes it better. So, like, why not? Right. As someone who doesn't have any, like, don't put like once it starts to go, don't put any product on there. Wash it with baby shampoo if you have to. Because you see dudes that their hairline is worse than mine. Once it I starts to go, man, don't put anything on there. When I finally shaved my head, I, I took that as a reason to no longer have to shower anymore. So, uh, well, you definitely have to shower. I mean, <laughs> oh, if it's a whole crotch and feet. No wonder my wife hates me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, is Eddie better than? Oh, I had some. Oh, Gervinho. Different position, no. but no. And I'll tell you why. And this one always pops in my head is when Eden Hazard and Hazard came from the same club as him. Well, yeah, and, we got the wrong guy from Lille. Yeah, well, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, this is on a, another one of those typical, which will segue to a nice um, topic after this, but if I'm not mistaken, Eden Hazard was on our radar in well, a typical fashion, as Chelsea yeah. used to do all the way back then. They would pretty much follow our scout around and then just copy him, kind of like Mark Zuckerberg does. Oh, look what Instagram's doing. Let's buy them. And, you know, oh, Instagram – we're not doing except he, except he bought them instead of dithering and, right. and delaying and, and losing them to the to the competition. Although, I mean, Instagram stories are stealing from Snapchat. We anyway, were 100 we almost like ready to pull the trigger on Hazard, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, I'm going to stay an extra year." And that year, yeah. he lit up league and, yeah. and, 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 and he became and, too too rich for our blood. And part of me was happy we didn't get Hazard because he did this obnoxious commercial for for Nike, where I don't know if you remember it, and he had these cue cards. And he's like, and the caption was, where will I go next year? And he's like, huh, no, I won't go there. 
Oh, that's interesting. Oh, this is, oh he, so he's LeBron James now. Did he, he took that, his talents to and, Fulham? And that was like three. That was like three months before he's going to leave. And I'm thinking, if you're one of his teammates, man, how do you feel about that? Um, but where I was going with that is, Ian Hazard famously said, "The best player I ever had a team as a teammate, you know, who was lighted up in training." He said it was was Gervinho. He said Gervinho was lights out. And and then your Gervinho went to uh, what Roma afterwards, and he did all right, kind of like. Mickey Atarian has done well there. I mean, and kind of like Pepe is going to do wherever he goes. Yes. Pepe, Pepe is probably. Be, Pepe is going to, if he leaves us this summer, he's going to have a very good season wherever he goes. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that Arteta is an asshole for freezing him out. Like, like yeah. it did not work at one place and then work at another. And 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 Pepe's style, I think, is he, he's just one that, that, I mean, we really should have. And, and this is me usually going against what I normally say, which is, you know, just trust that these guys know what they're doing. We, we should have taken, we should have gotten Zaha instead of, uh, instead of Pepe. Mm. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm told. I, because... I don't love You know, I don't love Zaha. I think he's a right. diving, you know, ticky tacky yes. kind of step over merchant. And yeah, and I don't love, I don't love him, but he was Premier League ready. He knows what he's doing, and and he would have. You been and I saw him live in person like three times. I think three years ago, we went to saw him at Everton, because every time we saw him, I remember the Palace fans. Whenever he got fouled, the Palace fans were always saying, "He's just too good for you. He's just too good for you," which is okay. Same old Zaha, always cheating. Yeah, because if I think of Zaha, it's this: he he sits on the ground and he slams his palms on the ground like a like a toddler tantruming. And he did that. I remember he did that against us, and he got his penalty. Like that's that's what annoys me about him is that he is a good player that can run at people with the ball. I don't know about his scoring ability, but he can run at people with the ball and break down. I mean, he's arguably the best dribbler in the league. But I hate that about his game that he tends to tumble and then immediately look for the referee, and it drives me nuts that he does that. Um, on the flip side, with Pepe. I don't know if you saw Ivory Coast against France a couple months ago, and Pepe had a solo goal in that game. Oh, he, and he, he was fantastic. It's like yeah, Alex Iwobi. Like, like I, I, there was a point at which I was campaigning to allow Alex Iwobi to play for Arsenal in a green shirt because, like, okay. maybe he would think that he's playing for Nigeria. Yeah, because you know, some 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 players just are incredible for their country, and they they aren't for their club. And you know, Pogba's an example of that. Right. Um, you know, did you I, see? I, uh, the awful, uh, the person that played point guard in the NBA for years, and he's a fan of a certain club that wears white and navy blue. Steve Nash. Um, he, yeah, he got a goal today in a charity match, and the announcers described it as he nicked the ball off of Paul Pogba. Somebody dinked in a cross, a, on, on the ground cross, and then it might have touched Pogba's foot, but Pogba put in about as much effort as we're putting in right now, which is typical of him. But... <laughs> I mean, Nash no takes one's the, paying us 100 million pounds. Right, but, but just the description of the video and then the announcers, they make it seem like he came in and whatever, he full-on took the ball off of him. And it's, and it's a charity match. Come on well, that's now, That's because he's white. Yeah, but well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not going to go there. Um, so, yeah, said so we were going to talk about that, man. Chat, if, uh, if if you can think of any other good comparables for, for Eddie Niketia, look, but I – would I rather have signed Gabby Jesus and either Tammy Abraham or Osherman or you know a target man type of person and let and let Niketia walk? Yeah, I would have I would have liked to have done that. 
but then oh. you're you're spending 130 million pounds immediately although i know it's projected i mean i i preach that all the time it's 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 amortized over four or five years whatever the case may be but you're still you're still committing yourself to that amount and and then probably a total of 300,000 in wages each week mm. or more which is going to be 15 million pounds 75 but 200 plus million pounds I, I yes I would have rather have done that but the deal for for Enketia, I mean unlike Joe Willock and someone said this in the chat a few minutes ago unlike Joe Willock I I think we're seeing Eddie Nketiah start to get his Premier League feet yeah other than a player who just kind of went to play in a different environment and just thrived in it like Joe Willick did. I mean, Joe Willick didn't have that purple patch here, though. He had the purple patch somewhere else. And and Eddie Nketiah, he, he might turn out to be an absolute bust. And if he is, I think at 100000 a week, I think he still could be sellable next season. Um, and I think it's a low-risk move. And and, and if it works out, it's a feel-good move. And, um, you know, and, and honestly, if between him – I think we're getting Gabby Jesus. I hope we're getting Gabby Jesus. Um, yeah. the, Some rumors sw- circling that uh, Chelsea are doing their typical thing. Like what I mentioned about Hazard, what they did for years with Juan Mata, with N'Golo Kante. You follow our scouts, follow what we're doing, and then say, hey, we'll pay you 40 or 50% more. How does that sound? And- if, if Gabby Jesus knows what he's doing, he'll recognize that Chelsea are on the decline. Maybe not this season because they're in the Champions League, but they are yeah. headed towards a decline, and Arsenal – appear to be poised to head on the uh on the incline and you know not to, not for nothing i think gabby jesus is a fan of Mikel Arteta's and and will play his ass right. and that's what it's, we need yeah. you love to see it because it reminds me of when Wenger used to call players personally and talk them into joining because let's not forget years and years ago Mesut Ozil was set to join man united and then Wenger called him and convinced him otherwise and Wenger has that personal touch you know it's the uh like what's his face used to say, you know, it's a different knock. And <laughs> with Wenger, I think it's the same, not Wenger, sorry, with Arteta, it's definitely the Manchester City relationship. Because I think Gabriel Jesus knows what he's getting, knows what the expectations are. And then who knows? You know, there's also rumors about Zinchenko, who only plays left back at City, but typically plays in central midfield for Ukraine. He's extremely versatile. And now with these rumors circling that City are going to sign the Cucurella guy from uh, Brighton, that kind of spells the end for Zinchenko. So I'm hoping Arteta has the same kind of magic and says, hey, Zinchenko, come to the Arsenal and you can play a variety of positions. You know, he's almost like a modern Flamini. The guy can play any role except for goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, and and then and here's the thing, and I and I want I, I don't want to spend this time talking about Arsenal the whole time because as we know, this is this is meant to be a little bit Arsenal, a lot bit absolute okay. bullshit. But 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 I'm relying on you all in the chat um, to uh, to come up with some ridiculously stupid topics that we can talk about. Um, I only come in with a few, and then we see what happens from there. But um, you know, to we are we are nine days into the transfer window, right? And yes, there have been some big signings. Holland has signed. Uh, the dude from Liverpool has signed. Darwin Nunez. Yeah, yeah. Darwin Nunez. Who who? But we're, frankly, we're... I, I think Diogo Jota will score more goals than Darwin Nunez will next season. That's my that's my Probably. that's my big prediction of the week. Um, but uh, like a, a lock or something. Exactly. I mean, I I, I think 
this season, maybe not two or three seasons from down the road, but this, you know, for Nunez's adjustment season, Jota is a goal scoring machine who who doesn't have Sadio Mane now playing. I mean, like, like I just, I just see that happening. Mm. But anyway, those things have happened. Not a tremendous amount of other things have happened. And, right. you know, so, so if you're bitching about signing, you know, the, the, the Brazilian guy Marquinhos and it, by all accounts, it seems as though we're signing Fabio uh, Villa. Um, that you know, there's conflicting news about v- whether Vieira spells the end for Telemans or whether we're still in for Telemans. Can we just like like <laughs> things are happening? It's not it's not like previous summers where you know we're on the summer tour. The players are over in in in, in America or the Far East or or wherever they go in that particular year. And we're just not hearing anything about any potential links to anybody. And all the players that we had wanted are, are you know, are either gone or it's like a World Cup summer. And so everything's kind of dead for four weeks. Right. We're moving and shaking right now. So can we? So when we when we talk about Niketia resigning, instead of looking at it as a vacuum as oh he's our number two striker, or maybe even our number one if you if you're losing faith that we're going to sign Gabby Jesus or somebody. You know, instead of that, why don't you look at it as part of an entire plan where maybe we're not spending massive money on two transfer fees for strikers because we are doing that to reinforce our center midfield and and you know get get a, a proper left back uh, uh, cover so that we can you know I mean I mean this guy from the Ajax the butcher Lissandro Martinez the butcher I mean if he doesn't get red cards in every two games uh, for being right like, right. Like, then I think you know that could be a very useful kind of yeah. piece in in the puzzle because he can also play multiple positions and allow Nuno Tavares to either go on loan or play a little bit further forward as a as a potential wing you know winger yeah. in the Europa League. So I mean, just you don't have to have an opinion about everything all the time. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, why why you gotta have an opinion? What, what kind of business is Arsenal running right now? I mean, come on. And it's interesting you mentioned the World Cup because we should be watching the World Cup right now. And typically in a World Cup summer, that's one of the reasons the transfer market is slow. Is people say, I just want to focus on the World Cup right now and then we talk afterwards. And right now there is no World Cup, so we can talk about transfer business. And uh, what I'll follow that up with is what I love about us right now is A, we're getting business done quickly. And B, we're also getting business done with players that really weren't on the radar. Because this Fabio Vieira thing went from zero to 100 so quickly. And I mean, I, I think I threw this in one of our group chats that I had seen the guy's name twice in my life, and both times were connected to Manchester United, that he was a somehow on Manchester. You know, I love the uh, the uh, palliative language that's always used with uh, transfer. It's always like he's on their radar, monitoring the situation, preparing a bid. Holding talks, considering a consideration. How do you, how do you like, like what's in, like? Do you have to go to like the the in in the states? It's like a like a like a it used to be called Kinkos, like a FedEx. Like like, do you go to like the the place where they help you make like posters and presentation booklets and stuff? And like, yeah, just or or is it like you know walking up to the tee and golf and being like, yeah, like, like doing all these wag like. You know, you know, how long does it take to prepare a bid? I mean, maybe I'm just not, you know, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in the in tune to how this all works. But monitoring the situation or sounding out, they have sounded out the players' club. <laughs> reports I... reports are that that Manchester United are sounding out a potential yeah. bid preparation 
for yeah. someone that's been on their radar. Like, like th there's look, we are friends with a lot of journalists. Um, yeah, and I, I think, and, and and my daughter is 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 an is, aspiring you know, journalist, an aspiring journalist studying the craft, and um, I, I have a lot of, and, and I was an aspiring journalist at one point. Mm. Um, I love journalism, but football journalism specifically has a lot of buzzwords and a lot of yeah, there's, yeah. there's really kind of like a, like, what's that, what's that game where you like, like it has a bunch of like common words and you have to, it's like a jigsaw puzzle of existing phrases that you just put in and there you've got your story. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's almost like a transfer Mad Libs. That, that's what, that's what it is. Mad Libs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think, to riff off of that also, what kind of blows me away is that to be a football journalist right now, if you say someone like Henry Winter, it doesn't really ring out. And you say Fabrizio Romano, people lose their mind over him. I mean, thinking all the guy does is just track existing things rather than say, for instance, one of my favorite journalists is Barney Ronay from The Guardian, who I think is a master wordsmith, has really, really clever metaphors, really funny expressions. And I guarantee like half of Arsenal fandom is like, who is that? I've never heard of him. And you go Fabrizio or Ornstein. You know, and Ornstein also is a very good journalist, writes good stories and will talk about things that matter. Things about, well, Arteta decided to, you know, adapt this strategy. You know, we're we're going to two strikers. Or right now, I think the trend, for instance, is people are going with taller strikers. The Vlahovic guy, tall striker. Holland pretty tall, Darwin Nunez is pretty tall, which is why, you know, a lot of us say like, well, we're probably gonna go for Victor Osimhen now. Whereas, you know, Liverpool, for instance, don't have a striker. You know, you could argue that Malat, not Malat, Mohamed Salah, like he plays like a striker and could play striker, but doesn't really head the ball. They don't really have a guy like, uh, they, don't like need, they don't need to head the ball, man. I mean, like, right. and, and it's crazy because the ball Sadio, is cool and all, but like, you know, right. And so Sadio Mane is all of like 5'9, five, 5'10, five, and, and he probably heads the ball as much as anyone for that squad, which kind of speaks well for like if we sign this guy, the butcher, because the butcher, I think, is also only supposed to be like 5'9. I think but, we should, I think there's three players that we need. Yeah. Lissandra Martinez is one of them as the butcher. We do need to sign a, a, a baker and a candlestick maker. As well. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know if Eddie Nketiah knows how to make a candle or not. Yeah, but that's and what Jota does win more headers than he has to, and it bothers me because Jota scores a lot of goals on us. Oh, he scores he on us every game, and, and he, he scores headers full ninety minutes every game against us. And he scores him. headers on us. And Kieran Tierney is one of my favorite players. I probably have his name on the back of the more recent shirts than any other. And the one thing other than getting injured, which is not really his fault. He's not great in the air, and Jota has beaten him in the air, and there's a lot of times you watch these goals happen and you just want to go, tell us what's going on here because you're typical ball watching. And I wish that we had this fearless guy that Tony Adams used to be that, you know, it doesn't matter, like 50-50 ball, go for it in the air, and if you clang skulls, so be it. Gabriel is that guy. How often are fullbacks, like, over six feet tall, though? Yeah, it's true. Uh, like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately asking that question. Right. It just seems to me that fullbacks tend to be a little bit more five like nine, short man ten. aggressive rather than being tall man. Right. Because TAA, for instance, a while ago, the last time they won the league, TAA was their he was their guy. Uh, I hate to use Americanism, but he was their quarterback because he controlled the ball. He would lump in perfect crosses. And I don't know how tall he is, but he's not that short either. I would, I'll probably, I don't know. Someone has access to Google. I don't have it, but I, I, I take your point. It, it's 
fullbacks because five nine. Wow. So there we go. Yeah. He's just got yeah. exceptional vision. I mean, like, uh, like that's really. And it might be the hair. It might be the hair. It's like that movie Fletch where they say, well, like, well, oh, but, but he's five ten with the afro. He's six six. Five five nine six nine <clears throat> would be uh, with the hair. Yeah. For those of us who've never seen Fletch. TAA is, is known for his his Crossing. playmaking and quarterbacking from from the from the fullback spot, but not necessarily for winning headers when yeah. the other teams attacking. And I think that's what we're talking about. Like yeah. Tomiyasu seems great with his head. The very first game yeah. he played for us, he was winning header after header after header. And we were like, oh, yeah. we fell in love with him. You know, I don't know whether he's over six feet or under six feet, but the guy knows how to play. I think he's 6'1". I think he's 6'1". So, um, so, yeah. So, we do have some non-Arsenal topics now. Um, we, the the okay. Arsenal portion of the pod for now, I think, has, has, uh, has gone off. So, we're going we're gonna to get to a couple of the great questions. This one I know Tom will have a lot to say about. Um, so, Phil, did you go to any gigs when you lived in London? And, Tom, what are your favorite gigs been? Now, Tom's been to some gigs when we've both been in London together. But let me ask, yeah. let me answer the question first. The, 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 I mean, other than my recent travels to London, I don't spend time going to concerts. I go to, I go to like, podcast gigs like, like the Arscast and, uh, and Arsenal Vision uh, gig there a couple of months ago. But when I lived there, I did go to a number of concerts. The most daring slash unusual, unexpected one was De La Soul at the Bristol <laughs> Academy in 1990, um, which was fun. I also went to Wembley Arena a handful of times. I saw Aerosmith. I saw Don Henley. Um, Should have kept that one to yourself. Probably so. I mean, you know, these weren't all my idea. Um, did I go to any others? I don't know. Um, I'm not a huge concert guy, but you know who is? This guy. <laughs> who, yeah, has, thinking... who has a bald head, two ears, an Oasis shirt, and two uh, AirPods in and loves going to concerts? Yeah, uh, that would be me. You were just, uh, I mean, when we were over there, you were you were going to a couple of gigs, and then there was that one that you wanted to go to at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, so the first um, the first time you and I hung out over there together, I think it was 2018. I forget the exact year, but we were walking around, and yeah, Paul Weller was at Royal Albert Hall, and I tried to get you and Rob to go. We had no interest. And looking back, I should have gone because I love Paul Weller. The Jam is extremely influential, and if you're American, I guarantee you've probably never heard of The Jam. You've probably heard the song Town Call Malice. It was on that TV show about the zombies, the first zombie show, not the other 18 that have spawned off of that um paul weller is still a really really good solo artist and when he plays live he'll break out one or two jam songs and the crowd always erupts for those songs of uh, this past time i went i went to see richard ashcroft was that the one he, that we bought the tickets for at the train station after watford after the watford liverpool game yes yes and uh yeah and you disappeared and I, for an evening yeah i had a fantastic time um i love richard ashcroft i love the verve and what was great about that show is what was kind of funny about it. You go in and everybody, it was like all the football lads went home and got their misses and went to the Richard Ashcroft show. So it was all <laughs> shaved heads, Stone Island shirts and Adidas trainers, Adidas, you know, uh, uh, Stella cans. And, um, and for me, I like pretty much everything he's done as a verve, singer songwriter and solo art but i really really wanted to hear the song called sonnet and then he did that third song in and that for me i was like oh i could spend the rest of the gig just relaxing and enjoying 
because he played the song I really, really wanted to hear. Um, I mean, there's other bands I wanted to see. I think the second to last time I went, I really, really wanted to see this band called The Rifles. Uh, not many people know about them. They're from London, and it was the same night as the meet and greet at the AFSC um, uh, clubhouse. And I had a really hard time getting an Uber from the train station. And then I just bagged it. I thought I could get tickets at the door anyways, but um, it was one of those nights that you look at your Uber and the guy's within like half a mile and then he just ditches you and you try to get another one and they ditch you. And then you start thinking about, all right, I'm gonna have to take the peasant wagon on up to North London from here. And um, so the rifles, um, I was, Joe Fisher and I were thinking about going to see his band called Black Dahlia Murder who are a death metal band. They were playing in Kent, um, but I was literally about- I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah, yeah um, unfortunately their singer committed suicide, I think two months ago. Yeah. It's because I became a huge fan of them. I, think. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'm all over the place. I listen to everything except for modern country and mumble rap. Oh, wow, I know their rifles. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, Mark, the Mark rifle... hook, hook up, with, uh, hook up okay. with Tom, RVA Gooner on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I love the rifles. They um they have an acoustic record that is really really good, and I think a lot of their songs are better acoustically because you pay more attention to the melody rather than uh, anyway. Um, I'm trying to remember. So, Tom is like the most like eclectic. Like I mean, he he music is his life. Now music, I like music, but like I I don't go find I I don't go hunting for it to find it and like so so I my mean, musical tastes are way. What are we looking at here? And we got the Beatles over here. Oh, okay, and nice. I mean, like, like I love the Beatles. Like, Beatles are are yeah. probably my favorite band of all time, as as Phil asked. Um, I love the Beatles. Absolutely. I used to go to school. Um, I used to go to school right like few hundred yards this, from uh, from Abbey Road. Let's see this painting over here. Uh, this is a painting a friend of mine's daughter did for me. If you Google image search Beatles in London, it is that is the photo. It's them in their early 60s look when they still wore suits and all that. Um, the Beatles to me are as important as sunshine, water, and oxygen. They are, ask anyone who's worth their salt, whether it's Madonna or any modern pop artist. I have a handful of friends that say they don't care for the Beatles. Hell, the singer for Lamb of God doesn't like the Beatles. And that's fine, you can say that, but I honestly think when people say they don't like the Beatles, I think they're just trying to be ironically cool because there was something I, I want to punch there. a dude when he says he likes he likes uh, the Rolling Stones better than the Beatles. I mean, I, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Longevity? Well, sure. But like... The Stones... I don't know. Right. bugs me about Mick Jagger. <coughs> and, and you can like both. I mean, the, the Stones are good. You can, but I don't. The Stones are very good, but I think as much as the Stones are good, I think a lot of their songs, a lot of their albums have songs that are just not. They're just not good. And also... There's lyrical content. You can't really look at the lyrics of a Rolling Stone song and say that is something that Bob Dylan would have written. And I and I get it. Beals also have some really whimsical stuff. But but that's what I like though. I, I like I like yeah. the fact that you kind of wonder what was going on in their heads when they made this song. But but yeah. Yet you love it though. Like 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 um, trying to think of you know like like golden slumbers and like 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 yeah. I mean, some of these songs it's just like who comes up with this shit like like I've, yeah. i wrote some songs when i was young and i actually have recordings of them of me silver doing nickels them. and golden dimes no no they're they're they're, they're my they, they, the two songs are called broken love and one day <laughs> oh, last boy. summer 
And, and oh, wow. one of these days, after podcasting for six years, one of these days I will work up the, the confidence to debut them. They're kind of I had no idea. Oh, I I oh I was I was gonna be a music I was gonna be a musical artist, keyboardist. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was just like stuff. I mean, like there's like the words are like so obvious, like 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 okay, I'm an, oh, and I wrote them when I was eight. Uh, so like put your psychologist hat on. Eight-year-old kid, parents just got divorced. Mm. Uh, you know, writing about like forbidden and and lost love. Uh, and you know, like like what was going on in my life at the time? What made it? What made it forbidden? I just just I mean, I was a lonely eight year old kid who uh, you know who, right? Who who? Just I'm just thinking as an eight year old, the only concept of forbidden might be like Romeo and Juliet. I know, where... but it was always it, the songs were always about unrequited love, and and, uh, sure. and and I was like eight. And a lot of the best ones are. I mean, uh, for me. One of my right, but but, but 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 my point was like the words. I mean, the songs are very basic. I mean, which I guess you could excuse because I was eight. But like when you look at the Beatles songs, like like just the words, like like and and the better part of that is watching that Beatles uh, get back the I mean the eight hour yeah. documentary. It, yeah, it was slow at times, but I really enjoyed it because of how much of the process it showed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just they're writing these songs. You know, one of them comes with like a, a skeleton of a song, and then they yeah. sit there together. They work the music out. They 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 change the words a little bit, but like no one was like, "That's the dumbest thing I ever heard." Even yeah. though they didn't always get along about stuff, none of them were like, "Like, what does that even mean? Get that shit out of here!" Like, like yeah. It, it, it was it was weird and and but I just loved the process and the fact that they would all just buy into each other's little quirky weird yeah. concepts and especially and when George Harrison would come up with some really weird stuff and they would just yeah he didn't get a, gr a great chance to write a ton of songs which is why his right. single stuff was so fresh and new because he was kind of unloading on the world what he hadn't been able to before but like I just I'm fascinated by it. That that's something that and I also just, why he quit. You know, I, I had no idea that he quit. To me, that was the most he was being stifled part. in his mind, and probably legitimately yeah. he was. It is, yeah. It's it's almost like if you're in a football team, and it's like we got Bergkamp and Henri, and you're you're Freddie Jungberg, or you're someone of that ilk, and it's like, well, I want to score some goals too. And then he probably had to realize, well, like that, if you're Gabby Jesus, and you just want to you want to finally go express yourself. Yeah, in London. Well, he's he saw Holland's coming, and they also signed another guy whose name escapes me, and I think he knows that he's third choice now. So, come to Arsenal, Mister Jesus, because this is one of the rare going. situations where somebody <laughs> has age profile, the experience. I mean, he's a twenty-five-year-old who's got a hell of a lot of experience in the Premier League, and I mean, I liken him not 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 stylistically, but I liken him from from a breakout potential standpoint like i do tammy abraham mm. um a guy who 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 showed in small bursts that he could be a premier league superstar who understands the game he's not going to shy away from challenges he's, he's not going to be like oh man this is different than it was in italy or in or in brazil or in france yeah he's gonna know they're gonna know the premier league and and be good no matter what and speaking, of, speaking of breakout instead of a 29 and you've got yourself a situation speaking of breakout do you remember you were living in london when i was living in europe there was a a, a pop hit back then and the name of it was breakout and a woman sang it it may have been lisa stansfield 
or Stanfield, something like Lisa that. Lisa Stanfield was been around the world. The world and I, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that was during that yeah. time period. What was Breakout? All right, anybody in the chat, there's a, there's a song called Breakout. Maybe, I want to say the group had the name Sister in it, but it was like right there in the sweet spot of New Wave 88, 87 to Breakout, like 90. Swing Out Sister. Swing Out Sister, man, yeah. Breakout. Yeah, that now that, was that one? No, I'm thinking Breakout, like Breakout. <laughs> that was uh Oh, I don't know. I just that song "Breakout" popped in my head because um, we were talking about the Beatles. I think the other thing that was really cool about the Beatles documentary was that sequence where they uh, they put the hidden mic in the cafeteria in the flower pot, and you get to listen to Lennon and McCartney scheme and plot about here's how we're going to trick George into rejoining the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because you wonder, like, if they had known that they were being monitored, would that have gone down differently? And the other thing I thought was really unusual about that documentary was I had no idea that Lennon was such a class clown cut up because yeah you would have thought the US, he would have been you would have thought he would have been like so serious and like yeah and like and like, like working you, class you think he'd be like Hari Krishna the whole time the guy that was more Hari yeah. Krishna than he was was uh, was Harrison George yeah George George was had the Hari I mean, Krishnas in the studio with him but right. like I know it is so odd because like imagine you're 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 rocking up. Bing to, to, to rehearsal that day, and you're like, Who are these shaved head guys sitting there? And it's, or and, say for instance, and they were fine was, with it, like, like they were curious, yeah. but they weren't like, like if we and were doing, was, like, like, if we were doing a podcast, like, like when I came down to Richmond, uh, because, yeah, for those of you who don't know, which is which is all of you, uh, Tom does, <laughs> Tom does a podcast that podcasts occasionally called the Richmond Gooners podcast. Uh, they actually have a very professional setup. Um, it's a, it's a love project. It's something they enjoy doing. They're, they're, yeah. they're not trying to we record it. We record it in our pub. I think that's what we wanted. We wanted to be different than anyone else. Yeah. We wanted to be in the pub. We want you to hear glasses clinking. We want you to hear obnoxious people cackling in the background, possibly people yelling things off the mic. They invited me down not to be on the podcast, but, but to cackle. <laughs> yes. They're like, no one cackles like you, Mike. <laughs> Uh, no, but and, it's, it's, it's 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 crazy because you know again they don't they don't push it so it's 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 not way out in the mainstream but it is a very good very good chemistry well, very you. very professionally produced uh, podcast with like a soundboard. These people are professionals. Uh, yeah, don't don't no no don't tell them to to market it. Um, but and I, uh, and I think also for us what's also important is that a lot of people don't realize is like we're all pretty much sauced when we're recording the stuff. We record it right after the game. There have been times I listen to it on the way to work on Monday morning, and I'll go, I don't remember saying that. And then, yeah, it's because. Yeah, which makes it all the more impressive when you have a good take and you don't even remember saying it. But my point about bringing up the, the podcast is that I've done it once. I came down. I, I, I was invited on. I enjoyed it tremendously. I think it was, what, what was it? Uh, what game was it? Um, I don't remember. I was probably barely remember one. recording it. I think it yeah. was the one. Um, yeah. But, like, my point is, with the four or five of us sitting there in that corner doing that podcast, if, if like, Joey, one of the other guys that does the podcast, if he had just brought in some Harry Krishna dude to sit next <laughs> to him, just to make yeah. him feel more spiritual and better, yeah, it would have been accepted way less by that group <laughs> than by the Beatles. So I'm, my, my, yeah, my yeah. head is off to the Beatles for, like, like yeah. accepting all these idiosyncrasies. Because if there was some from the very first... going, like, going like this and 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 strumming the, something or whatever the very first, doing, the very first episode of the beatles documentary yoko is already there 
And I remember watching this with my daughter who's sitting behind me and she's like, why is she there? Why is she there? And I'm thinking that's probably what they were saying as well. It's because you well, want to go. And, and eventually I think they did. Lin- <laughs> yeah. Cause Linda popped up and I want to say they allowed Linda oh, to get on the mic. Was Linda back then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and also uh, famously here in Richmond, Paul McCartney did a show with wings and a couple of friends might have a recording of that. And Linda's actually, um, you know, when, on these studio albums, you can kind of bury them in the mix. And in this performance of Wings at the Richmond Coliseum, you can hear her and she should not have been on the mic that night. It uh, it was not good. She can't sing, man. Um, is it streamable? Oh. It, I mean, it's always been streamable, but you have to pay for it. I, I, I get, I, I'm pretty sure if you went on Vumu, V-U-M-O-O, they probably have, they have everything on there. We, we, we neither yeah. endorse nor don't endorse. Oh, it's on Disney uh, Plus, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on Disney right. Plus. Um, but, but, this is a big announcement, uh, Phil, because uh, because you haven't seen it yet. The next Sunday roast is going to be an eight-hour. We're just going to recite. We're, we're going to recite the transcript of the uh, of the the Beatles documentary. Tom is going to play the part of the Harry Krishna. Uh, <laughs> it's going to pan over to Tom. Why is he here? <laughs> they're like, "Why is this guy here?" And he's like, "Oh, he's George's friend." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> Love it. I mean, that that must be uh, you know. It's a weird thing because you know that went on in the rehearsals and and I know and I, I've watched a lot of documentaries about bands recording stuff. People will have groupies in the studio, which sometimes is cool, sometimes not. For instance, if you watch Oasis Supersonic, Noel handled everything, and man, you need to lighten up. And sometimes the other guys would go to the pub after their parts were recorded and Noel will sit there and tinker and fine tune. And they would bring people back from the pub to just drink and do blow and carry on. And sometimes they worked out and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so man, Ars- no man city music's for me, man. I'm Arsenal till I die. My well, if people want to watch Arsenal, uh, Johnny <laughs> Rotten, Johnny Wright- Rotten, whose real name is John Lydon, vocalist for the Sex Pistols. There is a, on FX, there is a series about the Sex Pistols that people can watch now. I think they just wrapped up the last episode. I don't think Arsenal is mentioned on it, but Johnny Rotten's from North London, and he's an Arsenal fan. Uh, the last time I saw a picture of him, he had a Arsenal suitcase. He's in an airport somewhere. He's about three times bigger than he ever was when he was in Sex Pistols. But, yeah, I guess if you want to be Arsenal and rock and roll, you can only listen to the Sex Pistols, the Who, Dido, um, Forget who else is Arsenal. Oh, the one of the guitar players in Foo Fighters, Chris Shiplett. He, oh yes, yes, uh, 100%. Chris Shiplett from Foo Fighters. We tried to get we're him getting, on the podcast. Uh, who, are, who are getting ready to do something in London? I think they're they're doing like a benefit for Taylor Hawkins. So I imagine they're going to have guest stars come up and play drums for them and do all kinds of songs. Uh, I, I'd actually be curious to watch this because uh, he's a well liked guy, and they're going to have some really really cool. Um, artists show up. I'm sure they're going to get people, you know, as, as high up. I don't, I wonder like if they're going to get Bonham to come up and, and play drums. I hope the, I hope the Foo Fighters carry on. I mean, considering that Dave Grohl carried on after Kurt Cobain, I'm sure he'll carry on after Taylor. I mean, it's not that hard to play drums in Foo Fighters. There are probably a dozen guys out there. I suggested they should get Stephen Perkins who played for Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros. Tremendous drummer, really, really talented. And a lot of times that doesn't matter. When you replace a guy, you want a personality. You want someone that you can be on the tour bus with for 11 months a year. And anyway, you heard it here first. Stephen Perkins for, for Foo Fighters. The Perkmeister. Yeah. He's 
he's uh, he, he, uh, there are rumors uh, there that, that the Foo Fighters are preparing an offer um, <laughs> for and, Stephen Perkins. Yeah, Perkins is on the radar of of uh, of. They're of, sounding him out because yeah, they're, they're sounding sound him out. out. They're literally sounding him out. out. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to uh, to kind of a weekend review kind of thing. I've got the one big thing that happened. Well, two big things that happened this week in my world. Um, be thinking about anything you'd like to like to talk about or share. But the biggest thing of all for me was this. Mm. Uh, my dude, the, the the fruit of my loins, which just, I just I, I want to throw up just from saying that. Uh, yeah, but. Magic Jake, uh, my 18-year-old son, graduated high school. Um, it was a big, big event. Um, he's he's done with with, grad, with 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 high school. He's going off to college in the fall. But um, <laughs> as you can see, he's a little excited to have finished this this stage in his life. Um, just a, a really, really special day. This was on Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday. And, uh, and, and here's, here's the moment of truth. If, if anyone, you know, well, if, if you don't want to watch, I, I suppose you should just turn off because I'm going to play it anyway, but here, I think I have, I thought I had, um, shit. Oh yeah, here it is. So we send them to school for 12 years and all you get is that little tiny, uh, that, that little thing. But, uh, but now dude, and he, he sent uh, to school for another four and he also comes back with a little tiny. Well, hopefully it'll grow. While yeah. he's there. Oh, you're talking about the diploma. Oh, um, definitely college. It definitely grows in college. I just, uh, I, you know, because it's father's day, you're going to have to deal with me. I, I'm, I am the proudest father right now, man. My, uh, my daughter's thriving. My son is, is, you know, golden boot and just a, a great senior year for him on the football, on the, on the soccer team. Okay. And, uh, and now he's graduated and he's off to JMU. So, um, you know, I don't know how these kids turned out this way, despite having me for their father, but, uh, but you know, Hey, it works out. So, so that was one thing. The other, and I don't really know what this has to do with me, but uh, but you know, it's 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 semi adjacent. Um, Jerby's back. If you're you know if if you follow Arsenal Twitter, I hope that you know about the football gerbil, because the football gerbil he's done it again. He was the first he or she. I mean, I don't really know who the gerbil is. He or she uh, predicted. Not, it really wasn't a prediction. It was it was an informing of the public of something that was already uh, the case, that we would be opening the season on a Friday night against Crystal Palace, away from home at Selhurst Park, and um, yeah, came true. Uh, so you know, forget the bell, forget the horse, forget the wombat. The, you know, there's only one Arsenal person slash rodent that you have to go to and it's and it's the gerbil and and uh 
I just want to thank him for being such a resource for us gooners when it comes to, you know, to important shit. He predicted Palace away as the opener. He did. Um, he did. And then and then he even gave some news out about when it, the Amazon documentary is uh, going to have its, mm. its debut. So uh, he's on a roll. Mm. And I just want to give props to him because I think he's 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 lovely. He's he's handsome. Um, he's I mean, for for a gerbil, he's incredibly sexual and sexy and uh, and he knows his shit. So um, men want to be him and women want to be with him. That's that's true. Um, even hamsters want to be with him, and that and that kind of crossbreeding normally doesn't happen. But uh, it amazes me how some prominent Twitter gooners don't know Jerby. I, yeah, I don't know. I do think that Jerby counts on people not knowing who he is, though, because he just keeps reloading. Even though most people do know, a lot of people do know uh, the secret identity of the gerbil. It just never ceases to amaze me how many people don't. So what was the highlight of your week, Tom, to put you on the spot? Uh, I I didn't really have a highlight. I had a low light. I, uh, no, I've been no. rolling, well, because I've been uh, unrolling the dice, and uh, I had COVID this past week, and I'm still. Let's see here. Um, oh, we have. Do we have the test? Yeah, where is it? Yeah, here we go. For those of us who have never seen what these look like. I thought so, yeah. it was for uh, for gonorrhea. When you showed that you know, on our on our WhatsApp chat, I I just assumed that you had finally contracted. Well, it's either that or I'm pregnant. The clap. And so yeah, that that happened this week. I you're supposed to get inoculated every six months, or it, I guess have one as recent as six months. And I have not had one as recent as six months. Um, so I the gamble is that if you see, I get sick when I when I get the immunization, I get sick, and I didn't want to get sick again, and did a little bit of research. Yeah, you know, you're sick for like one day, whereas I've been sick for three days and I tested last night and I'm still positive and now I don't know if I should go into work tomorrow. But um it's I would been, say probably shouldn't go into work tomorrow, but uh you know. Yeah. Um what's nuts is uh my work is big enough that we have a in house clinic and I talked to the male nurse there and he over the phone advised me to to get a hold of ivermectin and i wasn't quite sure that that's what he meant so i was like did you say ivermectin and it was like yeah and, and yeah, i wanted to go that's either that's, the, that's, that's either the horse tranquilizer or the guy that we're that that, that we're preparing a bid for out of <laughs> yes uh, ivermectin mark <laughs> yeah ivermectin who plays winger for fc wi-fi password <laughs> FC Michelin yeah so yeah it, it is uh because there's another there's a richmond gooner who's a doctor and I, and I told him, I told you, I said, can you believe this? And he just hit me with a ha, ha, ha. And he said, dude, I've been paying my mortgage selling ivermectin out of the back of my garage, you know, to, to idiot um, ultra magas, which is another weird thing, right? I just learned about on uh, Bill Maher. There's no longer just MAGA Americans, like there's ultra maga. And so anyway, yeah, this guy told me to get a hold of ivermectin. I'm going, holy Moses. I, I'm definitely going to report that to somebody at work that he's dispensing <laughs> that he's dispensing that as medical advice because it reminded me of that old that old Saturn Live bit where it was uh, Steve Martin and Bill Murray and it was like a medieval um, uh, uh, whatever they called doctors back then but you know like barbershops have that red and white pattern right because right. for bloodletting and so um, what was it so Bill Murray is in this cart and he'd like been run over by something and he's you know. It, the bottom half, his legs are missing. And then Steve Martin plays the whatever would-be doctor, and he's like, hey, this is nothing that a good bleeding wouldn't handle. And Bill Murray's going, 
don't you think I've bled enough? And he goes, hey, who's the doctor here? And that's how ridiculous this feels. This guy's trying to get ivermectin. You, I think that your COVID would completely clear up if you just threw some tussin on it. Just put some yeah, tussin. Yeah, throw some robitussin. Just put some tussin on it. Yep. Like Chris Rock. And then, uh, Chris Rock, like, my dad just put tussin on everything. <laughs> it wasn't even robitussin. It was just tussin. And then when the robitussin runs out, he's just like, yeah, run under the tap, shake up the bottle, motussin. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah, it's silly. So yeah, that that's been the um, I guess that's been the more or less highlight of my week. I can't really. Uh, it's been the very highlight boring. of your week. Yeah, I mean, uh, my God, because I'm a dude that likes to go out a lot, and yeah, and, and yeah. It, you know, it. it uh, so for me, I have not had a drink in over a week now. The town of Richmond, I, the, the town of Richmond, Virginia, not not Richmond in uh, you know in the outskirts of London, but the town of Richmond, yeah. Virginia is is suffering right now. Because That's right. They have not had their 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 weekly dose of Tom or Mecton. Yeah. Um, so uh, there are kegs that have yeah. There's kegs that they've had to just simply dump them out because they can't move them because they've gone that. They you know they, they're used to a three day emptying and and yeah. It. So Dosaki is a special lager, man. That stuff. Um, all right. So that's that's you know that's a question. We'll we'll throw it out to the chat. What's your what's your go to you, beer? Um. We, uh, you know, uh, your go-to beer, I guess, at home. And if you travel to a place that has different beers, what's your go-to beer? Mm. That. Uh, in the meantime, we're gonna just uh, we're gonna bring it up to speed because there's a lot of developments going on with Gunners versus Cancer right now. Um, the uh, the the '89 shirt that we've been talking about, which, I mean, if you if you're not trying to win this, then then go be a Manchester City fan. No, if you're if you're if you're, if you're not trying to win this, then uh, you know I'm sorry, but uh, this is going to go on somebody's wall, and uh, and and we are. It was going to be 500 entries. We're about 375 in, and I'm just going to cut it off at the end of June, June 30th. If we haven't gotten to 500 by then, whatever we're at is that, and we're going to draw it on the first of July. So. The new piece of information about this is that this shirt that you're about to see is going to be available, but only when you make a donation at GoonersVCancer.com before June 30th. So here's what you're here's what you're essentially getting a chance to win, a very good chance to win, whilst kicking cancer. <laughs>
shift. Sorry. Uh, so yes, so that is the shirt. Um, and uh, yes, Arnie, uh, you absolutely did. Uh, Arnie was uh, was was a guy that I met in the Tollington when I was over last for the Funerals versus Cancer fundraising event. Everybody who donated at that event not only had a chance to win that uh, night's prize, but also this this shirt. So you are in the draw, Arnie. And a lot of you who are in the in the chat, I know, are uh, regular supporters of Gunners versus Cancer. You guys are in. We're just trying to round out the uh, the, the fundraising for this, and we, we're going to do it over the next ten days. And uh, someone's going to end up with something that you literally cannot get anywhere else. This is not something where there's like fifty of them or it's a print that you can get that's symbolic. This is a shirt that was handed from Alan Smith to John Lukic to Lee Dixon to Michael Thomas back to Alan Smith and to me. Uh, and 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 this is the only way that you can get it. So hopefully, uh, you know, look, if, if you've donated already, there's room for more, but, but, but obviously we appreciate your generosity. But if you haven't, I mean, seriously, you need to start rooting for Ivermectin uh, rather than Arsenal. <laughs> um, because as Matthew D'Souza said, Ivermectin will be the team that knocks us out of Europe next season. And I, and I have no doubt that that's the case. They're, uh, they're, they play in some suburb of uh, Bucharest, I believe, in Romania. So as for the beers, we've got Mark saying Moretti. Oh, nice. Let me, let me take a pause on that. There's more going on for Gunners versus Cancer. We, not only is that ending on the 30th, but we have – uh, some in-person fundraising. If you are American or if you're English and travel over, we're going to be doing in-person fundraising in Baltimore uh, and Orlando when the Arsenal are in town. That will be fun. In-person fundraising, as Arnie can tell you, there's a there's a social element to it. It's fun. There's always something to win. Ruth Beck Art will be um, will be participating again with with her amazing artwork that you're going to get essentially for for donating to the cause. Arnie. Uh, uh, I hope I gave you a Ruth Beck art. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did for everybody that night. Um, and then we're going to be doing our third annual FIFA tournament, which is going to be from July 26th to August 4th. It's usually the, the week, week and a half before the season kicks off. So if you have an Xbox or a PS, a PlayStation, and you like to play FIFA, or even if you just want to have a, a fun social event where you can meet people from around the world and help to kick cancer, there are prizes to win. It's $25 to enter, or which is the equivalent of about 20 pounds. And it's a fun time. Ask anyone who's done it. It's been a, it's been a great fun time. And then our second annual 24-hour podcast. We're doing it again. Staying up all night, starting at 7 p.m. UK on September 1st. And we will be bringing you some guests that will knock your socks off. They will knock your underwear off. Uh, they'll knock those that, that Oasis shirt off of Tom. Uh, I've seen Tom without a shirt on. It's it's something special. So so this if this show can do that, get your donations in. We will have top influencers on. We will have bottom influencers on. We will have journalists. We're even going to have some Jews uh, <laughs> on the podcast. And maybe some Arsenal players. Some some former Arsenal players. So clear out your calendar. Take another mortgage out because there's going to be even newer, more stuff to, to, to win there uh, on that. And then a live event for September 1st in London. The evening of September 1st, clear your schedule, plan to be in London. More details about who will be there, why you'll want to be there, what you can win, and where it's going to be uh, will be coming out over the next two months or so. But uh, 
the evening of Thursday, September 1st, in between the Aston Villa home game and the United away game. That will be some shit. Um, so let's talk about the, the schedule release. I mean, we talked about how the gerbil called it, but, uh, you know, we're all on pins and needles trying to figure out how our start would be. And and the athletic has somewhat unscientifically, but, but more than you can really expect anybody to do at this point, looked at who has the easiest early season schedule, easiest first five games. And the way they determine that is essentially by reverse order of the table, they assign points based on where the teams that were playing finished last year, added a half of a point to um, to the um, to you know for away games because if you have four games out of the first five that are away, that's a tougher entrance. And the team with the easiest starting five games is the Arsenal. Now, no one's looking at that first. I mean. I feel kind of confident that we're going to break our, our, our Vex here at, at, at Crystal Palace. And the only reason I feel confident, um, Tom, is because everyone thinks that we're going to lose. Oh. <laughs> like, like, it's the contrarian thing. Like, like, like yeah, the, yeah. One, we are so afraid of, of – and, and I understand why. I've been, I've been at most of these ridiculous I, – I, I saw the home and away for Palace last year. I saw the, the Monday Night Massacre five years ago with Palace – Every time I go over, it seems to be Palace. So I'm just I'm, a. I'm glad I'm missing this game, and b. I think because I'm missing this game, and because everyone just assumes we're going to lose to a 12th mm-hmm. place Premier League team, I think we got a good shot. Yeah, especially for me, the number one thing I'm thinking of is they don't have Gallagher right now. He reports back to Chelsea, and if we look at the numbers, and we didn't no well Lee. against him, uh, Connor Connor Gallagher. There's my Irish accent, Gallagher. Yeah, they don't say Gallagher. It's something I would like to throw Superset at. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's a tradition. I throw I throw food at people um, on on the podcast. And I have so he he marked Erdegaard out of the game, and and really really showed how good he is because he got an England call up, and is part of that huge just largesse of central midfielders that Chelsea have. It's crazy if you look at you know Kovacic and how many really good guys they have in central midfield. I don't know how good Palace are going to be, although they might strengthen. Everyone's going to strengthen this summer. England always has money. Vieira is a very good manager. He's probably resourceful enough to pull some names from across on the continent that maybe not be on everyone else's radar. And, yeah, it's kind of a shame because I think out of the last time, last eight times we've played Palace, I think we've beaten them once. So yeah. they're our bogey team right now. They have the Indian sign over us, Mike. So – it's, it's um, yeah, the Indian sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, we're coming up with all the Britishisms tonight. It's no, we've been at sixes and sevens every time we've played. Yeah, them. it. I'd like to think that a hopefully. I, I want to be same, in the ascendancy though. The next time we play. Yes. Playing. Well, hopefully we don't have the same COVID nonsense. You know, last time you know, if we're talking about spinning the wheel of excuses. We had COVID. We had Balogun starting, and Ben White arguably played the worst match he's ever played in an Arsenal shirt. I'd really like to think that's not going to happen next time. I'd really like to think by the time this game rolls around, we're going to have either Gabriel Jesus or someone better at scoring goals than Eddie and Kedia. I know right now what there's rumors circulating that we have this war chest. So once again, we're war, ch- we're war chest FC. He want to score so, against Palace because he, he could have gone there. Yeah. So we um, hopefully we're at full strength. I imagine we will be. I would like to think that we can beat Palace and put them back in the place that they always should be. 
a mid-table club, it's it's a shame that we struggle against. I mean, the entire league is going to be watching us. And I think if we have a full-strength squad where all of our players are available, even the defenders, people like Kieran Tierney, there is no reason that Palace could beat us. I think I think even the, the bookies are going to have to heavily stack the odds in our favor. There's there's nothing with Palace we know what to expect. There's that guy with the, the, the East Block name that's impronounceable that also looks like a little kid got a hold of your keyboard for a second. Um, you know, he tends to score on us. There, there really isn't anyone on power. that scores penalties against us every single time? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, and, uh, what the and, hell is that guy's name? He was hurt last time, and I actually thought that we could right. win that game. And then, of course, there's going to be Zaha doing his thing, sitting on the ground, flapping his palms on the ground, going, where's my penalty? You know, it, it's, it's going to be aggravating because he's going to be doing his thing again, dribbling at people, fishing for penalties. I mean, I know he got a penalty against us last time. God, I forgot who scored against us last time. It is just Mi- Mi- Mihilovic. That's the guy that takes the penalties, right? Yeah, he's got. He's it's it's a really long like it. It comes like the on the back of his shirt. His name comes all right, the way it's down. Like, the it's like Jan Hesselhink von. <laughs> yeah, it it yeah. It looks like someplace Clinton would have bombed in '96 outside of Belgrade. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, <laughs> um, hopefully, Arnie, so, ho- so, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a Fabio Vieira uh, assist party. That's what I'm class, for. Yeah, Icelandic fans will come over in 40th birthday trip next season. I hope I get a ticket to that trip. Hey, Arnie, um, if you're in London, let me know. If if you need, I mean, I have limited influence, but I I might you know if if you're looking for a game ticket, I might be able to to uh, to set you uh, set you up with that because. Uh, you are uh, you are a top gooner. I am a bottom gooner. Uh, I'm bottom influencer, uh, such like Danny. Uh, but uh, he's, got, he's got a nice front bottom. <laughs> nice front bottom, as we do. Uh, so we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Um, any other topics that we need to talk? Did about? we want to beat the? Did we want to beat the Pasuma horse to death, or is that already run its race? Well, we talked about it on our on our Friday on podcast, review on the yeah. Gunners podcast. I mean, it's done and dusted, right? Yeah, um, I, I I'd say this is probably not the right venue to to, to okay. over discuss that. So so we'll have one final topic, and I'm going to bring it up, which is uh, what shows have you been binging uh, mm. lately? Now, I I've been on a on a roll lately. I've got some pretty good shows that I've been watching. Um, so I'll I'll throw one out there, but you know. You, do you, in between your your visits to you know dining establishments that serve alcohol, and um, and and concerts, do you watch a lot of TV or? I or? do, especially man with with me having COVID this past week. I've watched a lot of television, a lot of movies, a lot of television. So so I'm gonna throw I, one out, and then the and then the chat throws one out, and then and then mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll we'll get one for you, and then this will be kind of where we leave it over the next 10, 15 minutes or so. Okay. Uh, I just finally caught up and finished. There's set, there's six episodes left, but Better Call Saul. Mm. What a, great I mean, show! I watched great show. I watched Breaking Bad. I was a little bit late to the Breaking Bad um, party, and then I watched it and caught up and binged the entire thing, and I loved it. And then the Better Call Saul thing came out, and I'm like, this seems a bit desperate. Like, like they're gonna make a whole new show out of this guy, and it's gonna. What, what is this? A yeah, you're you're retreading an old topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 my initial thought was, you know, you know, similar to like what, like if you like signed an existing player 
for 100000 a week and didn't pay a transfer fee and then gave him like the big spot on AMC. Uh, it was a little underwhelming. But Better Call Saul might be as good or better than Breaking Bad. As good, I'm going to go with. Not better, but like okay. it is so good. And and so I, I caught up on the first five seasons. Then I found out that the sixth season was actually going on now um, and caught up on that. And so like the last six episodes come out in about a, about a month or so. But Better Call Saul, fantastic show. Really, really, really good. And I just got to the end of it uh, late last night, like 3 o'clock in the morning. So that's mine. Uh, chat room, let us know if, uh, if there's anything that you're watching. Tom, what do you, uh, what, what's been your go-to lately? The one I look forward to the most is on Apple. It's called For All Mankind. It's about space travel. And the premise of the show is that what would have happened if Russia had landed on the moon first? What were we going to do to top it? And so we eventually colonize the moon, and then we get into a whole thing with Russia on the moon, like full-on shooting at each other com uh, combat. So the Cold War ends up in a real war on the moon. Yeah, and then it, it, so they just started season three, and the premise is that it would have accelerated space and technology so much that in the first episode they already had this hotel in outer space that people can book for things like weddings, and we're working on traveling to Mars. That's actually where Tom Canton's wedding is being held. I didn't want. I, okay. I'm not really at liberty to give the specifics. Yeah. But. So I I like the idea of what would have happened because. America really, really technologically progressed in a lot of ways because of the space program. And it's kind of nuts when you think about it that in World War II, we're flying around with propeller-driven airplanes, and then 20-some years later, we are launching people into orbit, onto the moon, uh, stuff like Walkman. And, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff that exists because of space technology. So with this one, what they're working on right now is traveling to Mars. You know, we're, we're like still at war at Oz with the Russians, and we're now looking at who's going to be first to send a human to Mars, working on colonizing Mars. Um, I think that show is really cool. I think if there's anything anyone should watch, um, Davis Simon is just a mini series. Um, I forget what it's called We Run This City. I think it's called We Run This City. It's about cops in Baltimore, and it's based on facts. And I think people need to watch this, especially people that are part of that. Well, he shouldn't have you know, if he didn't want to get arrested, he shouldn't have done that. People need to watch that. If you uh, if you don't live in in a, in a city, if you don't have a lot of interaction with cops, and you think that cops are always all honorable, and and like a lot of Americans will realize that people get killed by cops every day. There's loads no. of innocent people, and and this show really goes over that because there's people that okay, oh well, that's just one case, and you know back the blue and all that. No, you need to see this. And then, so it's more of a, that, it's more of a, like an expose than like a wire type of thing. Then, yes, I think it, it's a shame because David Simon is always going to have to compare, or people are going to compare things. Kind of like Coppola, people are always going to compare things to Godfather. You know, Spielberg. It took him years to get out from under the shadow of Jaws. And with this one, you know, the wire had things like humor, and also little. You know, he was the first one to do a lot of things on that show, and I think he made Baltimore a character and a lot of other shows have since stolen that. Like if you watch better call, maybe not so much better call Saul, but definitely breaking bad. You get a feel for Albuquerque, how Albuquerque is this like dried out junkie ridden. Like it's not a fun city. Um, and Baltimore, you get a feel for what Baltimore is like. And 
with this one you don't have that it's very factual and you and you just see what why these cops started doing things that they did stealing money arresting people taking their money not reporting it all that kind of stuff do you think and, that you know, i mean you know speaking of baltimore and yeah, we're going in uh in four weeks from yesterday arsenal will be playing everton in baltimore yeah. It'll be a party atmosphere, but Baltimore. I mean, I, I like the city of Baltimore. I know you like the city of Baltimore. Mm, uh, Baltimore. Will it be complete missed opportunity if Arsenal don't somehow involve Idris Elba in this? <laughs> Probably not. Idris Elba, <clears throat> what was his character's name in The Wire? Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean th th there's no way that he's not involved in some way, shape, or form in this situation. It's a weird one because, for, say, for instance, when Michael K. Williams died, the first Baltimore Ravens home game, they played that song of the Hunter and the Dell, which is the song that he whistled every time he was in an alleyway about to rob a drug house. <laughs> so if someone as big as the Ravens does that as a nod to the wire, you wonder if Arsenal – are thinking about that. How can we relate this back to the wire? And yeah, well, there's a there's a second way that we can relate this back to the wire as well. Yeah. So, uh, other than Idris Elba. Yes. Hmm, okay, I'm all ears, man. What is that? And it's a topic that we've already been discussing today. Oh, is it because Eddie and Ketia looks like a uh, Marlo Stanfield? Yeah. <laughs> it is because so. Eddie and Ketia has never. There's never been two human beings that have looked more alike. And and yeah. and trust me, this is not the whole. They all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> this is not that in your ultra maga shirt. This, yeah, this is not the the you know the getting confused between Chamberlain and Kier, and Kieran Gibbs type of situation. Right. Eddie Nketiah literally looks like Marlo Stanfield from. They need from to get Jamie Hector. Yeah, and Jamie Hector. What, what, was he in season four and five, or just season five? Uh, Marlo um, Stanfield. I think four and five. Yeah, I don't think he made it into the last one. Um, well, well, whatever, whatever he, he is. Marlo Stanfield, and yeah. and and if 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 Eddie Nketiah doesn't end up in some way, shape, or form like doing videos and or, I mean, it's probably in bad taste to be like, oh hey, we have a guy who who kind yeah. of looks like this person. And well, that actor Jamie Hector is in that series, um, We Own the City, that I just mentioned, and I know he's a New Yorker. No, no, I know why. I know Idris is a yeah. good. That was my whole point, Mark. Okay, my, see, Mark, just like last week, you, you made a bunch of great points and then one you know, really dumb one, my friend. I've always been proud because that, that first commercial that Idris did for Arsenal, he's in the clubhouse. And if you pause it, as I did, behind him on the mantle is a Richmond Gooner sticker. Oh, so nice. so so like the Denver people were like, yay, Mile High Gooners, our scarf. And I was like, yeah, but my sticker is right there. Um, you're, you're, so well, that's always been a point of pride for so, me. So, so, so breaking news. Richmond better than Denver, Tom better than Joey. Um, <laughs> you know, hundred um, percent. His words, quick, not mine. Quick question for the chat, um, and I know we're running a little bit long, and some of you have uh, bailed, but I just realized about five minutes ago that I hadn't even plugged in my microphone for this thing. So I was using my, I was using my like computer, whatever that Mike. thing is. Is my is my audio now better or worse than it was before? Have I discovered a way of actually making myself sound better? Uh, do you notice a difference between about the first hour and 15, 20 minutes of the show and the last five minutes or so? Because, uh, oh, also, I wanted to debut our new background um, for the show. I, I, I'm talking out of that shot. I, I almost, I almost <laughs> forgot, forgot that that was there. So um, 
so yeah, so I've been watching Barry. Is that a show that you're? Yeah, I started it a long time ago. A very good friend of mine told me to watch that. It was one of those shows that after a while, there's so many. There's only so many you can watch at once. Um, say, for instance, no, think, right now. I, I think you can binge that show. It's, it, I, it, it yeah. is hilarious and dark. And I, like, I like Bill Hader. He is extremely funny. <clears throat> Bill Hader, when he was on Saturday Live, played a character, the guy that always went like this. Um, <laughs> when he did that character on Saturday Live, I would fall off my couch. And, and, and yeah, and he explained it on, he, he explained it once on Howard that the reason he always lost it was that he, he's like, when I read those lines out loud, it was the first time I would see them sometimes. Yeah. They would surprise him with, 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 with really yes. inappropriate lines about what, so, yeah, if about he how to spend like, your time in New York city. <laughs> right. Mine five, Mike Feinberg's newest nightclub is called gerbils where <laughs> baconators are inserted in the rectums. And then like, he would just, and then like he's he's losing it laughing like you know and then like how can you not um but yeah he's an extremely talented dude i liked barry when i watched it i mean i'll say this for hbo there have been some shows on there i've tried to watch recently and, and there, i think is great yeah oh obviously because of what's her face um sarah oh, yeah. snook somebody told me a couple of months ago she was at this restaurant um a famous jewish restaurant called pearly's it's like oh yeah she was there like last tuesday i'm like and no one signaled me. No one signaled me. I would have ran down there. She was single. Tom, Tom is. Um, Tom likes a lot of things, but there's <laughs> nothing I think that gets you going more than than a redhead. We all have our thing. If I may yeah. say. That. And yep. there's nothing that gets me going more than Danny Sweetman. Uh, so you know, I could almost taste him. Whoa. So all right. So I think we're going to finish it off here. This is uh, so so. Tom, you've done it. You, you. You've said it all. You've, you've, yeah, you've, you've said it all. Said, you've said too much. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, this is how Howard Stern ends all interviews. Tom, Tom, Tom and I will, if we have like nine hours to kill while we're waiting for a flight, we will just do Howard Stern bits for the entire nine hours and just have each other rolling on the floor laughing. Um, but uh, But the show is over. I don't know why anyone would watch this show. But uh, nobody. I wish I could do Gary because I would do his voice right now. Nobody, you know, nobody's well, calling. Nobody's coming. So, uh, so anyway, we will be back next Saturday night. Sunday I don't know why night. I said Saturday night because it's a Sunday night. I show. will not be here because I will hopefully be well and I will be back on the sauce. So we'll for back those bar, sauce. so so for and those we'll have, we'll have out gear. there that don't have any money, I'm bringing the money back out. We will have yeah the the economy of Richmond, Virginia will be uh, will be flush again. And hopefully be, the, the city hopefully will be the, in the ascendancy. Yeah, hopefully the Neapolitan economy will, will be flushed with 72 million euros with Victor Isomhenhen, or how are you? How do you how do you pronounce that guy's name? Osimhen? I don't know. I'm going with Oshuman. Oshuman? That's because I don't know anything. As long as he plays for Arsenal, man. Let's just sign all the players. Let's just do it. Let's, you Let's do like Chelsea. Yeah. You, you buy players, players and others and can't we'll figure have out, them. You know, we'll figure out who sucks. Well, you loan out the rest. That's the beauty of the Chelsea system. You buy them and then loan them out. Other people pay their weekly salaries. And then... Um, wage packets. Yeah, wage packets. Wage packets. All right, guys. All right, this is it. Thanks thank you for much. everyone that uh, that stuck with us until the end. Uh, thank you, Tom, for, for your fantastic debut. Get You're well welcome. soon, Daniel. Get Danathan the Dan Meister and um, 
And all we have left to do, besides say hello to this guy, is uh, is finish off the show with the outro, making its second appearance. So thank you for joining the Sunday Roast. Good night. Thanks for watching the Sunday Roast with Mike and Danny. This was Mike, and this was Dan, and we ride dolphins. Here's Birdlano, and here's Sexy Mike. I'm riding a horse. Danny loves his junk food. We know he does, and Mike does tricks. We love football, but hate talking about it. So we made this show Why you watch it We don't know The Sunday Roast is a joint production Of a Burkamp Wonderland And the Gooners Podcast Join us every Sunday night at 10 o'clock For all the entertainment you didn't know you needed But you cannot live without See you next week Roasties Magic Mike And Danny <laughs>